Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is, I think, spectacular from the standpoint is, what is the difference between a professional loan officer and someone that is transactional loan officer? So we have the perfect person to talk about that, and that is Karen Blakesley. She is EVP and head of East Division for Prime Lending, and prior to that was with CTX. Hi, Karen. Hey, Pat. How are you? Good. Well, I'm thrilled on this topic because I think it's so appropriate when we're moving into really more of the traditional market. I know that's been said before, so I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are on that, especially since you've managed so many sales teams over all these years. But I want to kind of talk about first, how did you get into mortgage banking and how did you get into managing? Does anybody want say that they want to be a mortgage lender when they're little? If they are, I don't know. <laughs> no. But... um you know, one of the, it's actually one of the things I really love about our business is that you can come into it from so many different backgrounds and be successful. So my story is I started off as a math teacher. So the numbers part I've always loved. And then over the years, as I moved around with my husband's job, got to a market where they weren't hiring any teachers and ended up going to work for an executive search firm, which sounds like sort of an odd jump, but too long to go into in a research position. And once there, I worked my way into sales and then had a friend in the mortgage business call me and say that her current sales manager really wasn't doing anything to support her LOs and she wanted me to do the job. So like a lot of folks, I didn't know anything about the business before jumping in it, but I jumped in, became a big sponge, you know, soaked up as much knowledge from everybody that was uh, super bright around me. And it took a solid five minutes to get in my blood. So wow, that's uh, cool. Yeah. That's a great story for sure. And so talk about, again, you've been managing sales forces. You have the East Division for Prime. What's the challenges that you see in your current position now? Yeah, my current role involves leading our team across 26 states. And the biggest challenge for me personally is that it is the farthest from the street that I've ever been. So I'm always sensitive to wanting to make sure I don't become one of those quote unquote talking heads, you know, those managers who call <laughs> meetings on the last day of the month or only call to check on you when they ask for your projections. So traditionally pre-COVID, I am on the road probably 75% of the time. I'm out in my branches. I'm spending time with our both our sales and our ops team. And a lot of that is celebrating them, but it's also asking the tough questions like, what are we doing really well? What do we need to do to better support you and help your business grow? And one of the things I've learned about asking the tough questions is you better be prepared to not just hear the tough answers, but to do something about it. And, you know, so being a salesperson, that's how at heart, that's how I'm wired. And I love making sure that I can get after any issues and take care of them. Um, but in the bigger sense, the challenge is that I have to balance that with lifting my head and spending really intentional time planning for the future. So as I say, you know, focusing on the here, the near and the far and then finding the right balance for those. It's probably the biggest challenge. Yeah, that's for sure. In a business that always changes, which really leads to the next question. How do you keep on top of all the changes within the world of mortgage banking? Well, that's where starting my career off as a teacher definitely comes in handy 
most teachers I know are lifelong learners. That's just how they're wired. So I am a voracious reader. So whether it's reading industry news or general business news, listening to podcasts that focus on not just what's going on now, but what's coming down the pike next, talking to tons of people who are way brighter than me, um, and then staying close to as many different facets of our business as I can. So I'm I'm also talking to builders and realtors and title companies and really, in addition, of course, to all of our own sales and ops talent, but just trying to make sure I stay really well-rounded when I look to be informed. So Karen, when you look at, and let's talk about the future, when we look at, let's say, the big picture as far as next year's concerned, what are trends that you think are going to surface? Well, one of the things you talked about at the very beginning of the podcast, Pat, is that you know, I think we're headed into a more traditional purchase market coming out of this incredibly strong refi run um, or whatever quantifies as quote unquote traditional these days, right? In a really untraditional time. Part of that, I think, is we're going to see an increased environment for more consolidation and M&A activity. And I also see a continued blending of the technology tools that give our borrowers a better, smoother, faster, and more transparent experience married up with a local, really knowledgeable expert and somebody who cares about putting together a mortgage that's going to best serve the customer's needs and financial goals. So I think the companies and the the loan officer talents that put those two pieces together, the best are going to be the ones that come out on top. Well, that really leads into our topic, our main topic today, and talk about, again, you've managed uh, loan officers for a long time, and talk about what's the difference between the professional, what I call the professional at loan officer, and someone that is transactional. Um, I think as we come out of this huge refi market and back into the primarily purchase market, Building and maximizing our past client referral relationships is, in my opinion, what's going to separate loan officers from having an okay or a flat year in 2022 to really truly having another record-setting year. So everyone can buy leads. There's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that in the transactional sense. I personally just believe it's a more expensive, challenging, and frankly, a less fun way to do our business, right? It's like knocking on a cold door every day. And there's so many leads and so many lead services and so many people chasing them. I just find it a really challenging way to do business. Now, having said that, the loan officers who are great at it absolutely blow me away. I mean, they're incredible on the phone. They can close on the phone. But the ones who can do transactional business like that at a really high level are few and far between. That takes a very unique talent. So if you look at that versus a professional relationship-based loan officer, they want their customers for life and they proactively and consistently work to make sure that that happens. It, you know, I just saw this stat recently, Pat, so bear with me if it's not verified, but it came from a good source that today's mortgage customer is expected to do 11 mortgages in their lifetime. And it really is a result of people starting younger, living longer, and they're more on the move than ever before. Huh. So that's a great stat. <laughs> I know. So interesting to me because I we used to always kind of stick with the people would do four to five mortgages um, in their lifetime. Right. But the, So I've got a loan officer who's down the hall for me as we speak, and she does over $2 million a month solely from her past customer database. And mm-hmm. she knows their kids' names. She knows the dog's names. 
you know, in addition to knowing exactly what their interest rate is in their current loan, what product it is, and all of their financial goals. And like, they just wouldn't think about going somewhere else because they know that, that Lana's with a strong company, she's always served them well, and she stays top of mind because of her consistent contact. I mean, it's just a deep relationship. What percentage, I'm curious, from all of the loan officers that you have managed, what percentage are relationship LOs that are top producers versus the transactional? What are your thoughts on that? At our company, at Prime Lending, it is over 99% because we don't have leads to give our loan officers. And we really strongly look to recruit and retain relationship-based professional loan officers. We believe that that's just the way we think is the best base to build your business from. It's the most stable base to continue to grow it from. So we don't have a problem if somebody wants to buy leads, but I can't think of a single loan officer in my whole division, Pat, um, who bases their business off of leads. So really it's sort of an apples and oranges approach, but we really like the relationship-based approach. So how are the people, how are your loan officers handling all of the refi volume because that's typically where you see the transactional type of loan officers that once the the refis end they're dead as far as their business model is concerned but the relationship how are they handling the onslaught of volume the nice part is they don't have to do it completely on their own or organically these days right so there's amazing tools that are out there that can really come alongside and partner with the loan officer to make sure that they're not missing any opportunities, whether those be refi or, or purchase. So things like Sales Boomerang or Total Expert or HomeBot, you know, that are, that are really partnering with you to bubble up a potential refi opportunity, whether that be something going on with rates or, or something going on with LTV. Maybe we can bubble, we can take a look at whether or not there's a high school student in the household who's getting ready to go into college. So maybe a cash out refi would be timely to help with some college costs. So there's lots of tools that can automatically do predictive analytics on your database and help a loan officer make sure they're capturing every possible mortgage um, transaction. So when you're looking at the loan officers that are doing this, uh, so certainly there's a technology component to it, but what about the side of it where they're interacting? Are they doing X number of phone calls a week or in other words, the personal type of contact, which is what builds relationships? Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. You really you can't shortcut a relationship, right? And and you can't just be a Johnny come lately when rates go down. <laughs> you really need to stay top of mind all the time. And that you can use a lot of tools and the tools these days are very personalized. So, you know, I'm not calling you by, you know, the wrong first name or, or whatever. I mean, they can make it seem very personal, but nothing can take the place of just sorting your database and making phone calls having an organizational system in place so that you are touching your past customers on a regular basis, whatever that means to you and your and those past customers. So that might be quarterly, that might be monthly. If you've got somebody who's looking at a lot of investment properties, that might mean even more frequently than that. But partner with the loan officers to help them sort their database and, and give them a list of past customers that they can call every day for potential opportunities and also just to keep the relationship top of mind. 
So talk about the range of, in other words, let's say, what would you say top producers are doing from that personal contact? Are they making like 50 calls a week or maybe over a two-week period? What is it that you're seeing that they do? You know, I I would say that they're going more for quality than quantity. Mm-hmm. So um, if they're using a really, you know, we use Salesforce, which can help you organize your past customer database in a big way, very effectively. So if you've got a certain number of customers that are coming up each day, you and I both know our business, you know, to work in on your business while also working in your business really requires some talent. If you're only working in your business, then you raise your head and you're not working on your business and you don't have anything in your pipeline. Right. right? So it definitely requires a balance. But I don't I wouldn't be able to really tell you the number of calls that they make. I know that they make them consistently and that that's and that they make them in a meaningful manner. And I feel like that's more important than right. just sort of cranking out like a you know 50 a week or 100 a week. Let's talk about the top producers that are doing this. Are you seeing them moving to, let's say, podcasting, webinars, or is it just basically the phone call? You know what? A lot of them, I don't know too many of ours that are doing podcasts. We've got a couple that are on TV. And we, I do know probably half a dozen that are doing podcasts. But I would say probably in addition to the phone, you know what customers love these days is text and video, right? So they will, many, many of our loan officers will use a video, leave a video message for a customer and or use a video um, embedded in an email. The videos are, I think like 87% more likely to be opened, especially in an email versus a regular email. So it's a powerful tool. It also is more personal because now I'm seeing your face. I'm remembering your smile. I'm hearing your voice. That and then the the younger generations they they love text. You know they absolutely love it. And you know texts are fantastic because you can you can do so many of them so quickly, and you can include a funny meme or a little snapshot of something you wanted to talk to them about. So. I think mixing it up um, and going way beyond just the phone is powerful. So when you're talking about the texting, talk more about that because you can include a video in the texting. So are they doing that or is it just strictly word texting? They're doing a mixture, you know, depending on on who they're reaching out to and what the conversation is going to be. We use text a lot for just letting somebody know, you know, an update on their loan status or or answer a quick question for them. The video piece is more like I love using video to share good news like, oh, my gosh, Pat, your loan's clear to close. We're so excited for you. Or, you know, hey, Pat, it's Karen. We haven't talked to them in way too long. How are you? You know, how are the kids? Um, Would love to catch up with you. Rates are moving quickly. You know, want to connect and see what you're up to. Or, you know, you can you can just you can use it. Really, there's no way you can't use it. And so this is left up to the individual loan officers to choose to go this route. Is that one of the differences that you see with the transactional loan officers that really don't want to adopt these new technologies? It's interesting because leads cost money, right? And these tools cost money. So it's really a matter of where do you want to focus your investment in your business and what do you want that absolute base that you build it on to be? Do you want it to be consistent referrals from past customers and realtors and builders, all your business, you know, relationships as well? Or do you really just, you know, not care as much about that and just really want to crank out, you know, try to just make 20 calls to get one loan, make another 20, get a second loan. So it, to me, is just, um, 
sort of what fills your cup, I guess I would say, Pat. You know, sure. our relationship-based professional loan officers are very, very successful, do as much business and often more, in my opinion, than a transactional loan officer. But some people really aren't interested in that relationship side of the business. To me, I mean, that's where our past customers become our friends, right? Sure. Our realtors, you know, are the ones that we're laughing with during the day. So that's a super enjoyable part of the business. And then when you do get to help make a positive impact in their life, it's that much more meaningful. Well, we only have a couple minutes left. Why don't you summarize um, the takeaways that you would like listeners to know about how you see the professional versus the transactional loan officer operating? If you want to go the professional relationship-based route as a loan officer and you, you haven't gotten there yet, then just start today. Start with one phone call, one text, one video. I think by now we've all learned nobody cares if you think you look goofy. They care about seeing your face. So just get over that so that part of yourself and do it. And every one that you do will become easier. But, you know, you start with your friends and your family and and your neighborhood and, you know, that whole network. And you just you just build from there if you if you haven't done it yet. If you're already doing it, I think the key is to not get so caught up in your volume that you that you put that to the side and you don't consistently stay in touch with people. So. You know, there's not really a shortcut to true excellence. And this is you know, especially true in this area. So you just have to make it a priority, commit to starting today. And it's, it's never been more important to Pat from the relationship side, because we aren't able to get out in the more old fashioned way and see people as much right now. And I don't know when we will, right? Do our sure. lunches and our in-person presentations. So if I'm not hearing from you by video or text or phone call, then honestly, I'm being bombarded with other advertising or messaging all day long. And I'm not going to remember when it comes time for me to have a mortgage need. I might not remember you. Yeah, so. well, that's that's words of wisdom for sure. And I want to thank everyone for listening. And I want to especially thank Karen for sharing her thoughts. I really appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks, Karen. Absolutely. My pleasure, Pat. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.